0: there's something I want to minister to all of us. This is the theme of my life that God has really just uh, ministered to me, required of me over and over and over again. And some of what I will have to say this morning may sound familiar to some of you. However, I know a a good steward brings out both old and new out of the treasure house. So I truly believe this is what God wanted me to, to bring to the congregation of the Lord this morning. My text this morning is Psalm chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. However, I would like to quote it to you from the Passion Translation. Psalm 5, verses 1 to 3. Listen, Yahweh, to my passionate prayer. Can't you hear my groaning? Don't you hear how I'm crying out to you? My King and my God, consider my every word, for I am calling out to you. At each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. The title of my message this morning is, The pieces of my life on the altar, the pieces of my life on the altar. We've been in the Daniel fast that we are now about two-thirds through, and we have been bringing before the Lord our nation, our church, our families, and our own individual selves, and certainly this could represent the pieces of our lives, Psalm chapter 5, verses 1 to 3, tells us to bring the pieces of our lives before God. There's something about life, it has a way of becoming very complex and complicated. I can remember when I was a little girl and I would come home from school and I'd kick my shoes off, pop myself a a pot full of popcorn and flick the cartoons on and life was easy and free and simple not a care in the world, and give it some time, and life can become very complex and complicated. Here I stand, age 63, and the pieces of my life have multiplied over time. Praying about this, I'm praying about that, I'm praying about that and that and that. So many pieces have been introduced into my life. If you live life long enough, life will become complicated and complex. However, there is nothing new under the sun. We're not special. Every human being that has ever existed will enter into the complexity of life, and they'll have many, many pieces in their life and in their journey. And no wonder the psalmist wrote in chapter 5, bring the pieces of your life. He felt that. Life was becoming more than he could manage more than he could handle, more than he could organize and assemble. All of us organize, uh, organizing freaks, we want to try and organize our life. And it gets to a point where we realize, I can't organize all of this. There's not a category for everything that falls into my life. I can't come up with a neat and tiny pl- tidy place to categorize this one. And it compels us to get before the Lord. I was thinking about Abraham in the Bible, and, you know, we don't hear anything about this man until we are introduced to him in Genesis chapter 12. His life apparently was simple. It was unseen until the Lord encountered his life. But when God encountered his life, things began to change. God began to do so many things in his life. You know, God actually has a way of complicating our life. People want the Lord to make their life simple, but God will complicate your life. God complicated Abraham's life big time. But I've come to this conclusion, whether you know the Lord or you don't know the Lord, life is going to be complicated. It's going to be complex. You're going to have all kinds of pieces in your life. You don't know how to put the puzzle together. I don't know where this puzzle piece fits, God. It doesn't make sense. So whether we we know God or we don't know God. Let's just get let's just accept this fact. Life is complicated and there are lots of pieces and when God comes into our life, he complicates our life with his will. Because we've got to make a decision. What am I going to do with this thing called the will of God? And so God comes into Abraham's life and he starts complicating Abraham's life first and foremost he calls him when God puts a mandate or an assignment on your life that complicates your life that brings a complexity into your life that you've never expected to have to deal with Abraham was probably just living his life with his wife and his family he had a neat and tidy life he had apparently a strong relationship with his father and God comes into his life and complicates his life with the call and he says, Abram, I want you to leave Ur. I want you to leave your home. I want you to leave your family and I want you to follow me. Now that's, that's some complexity that God brings into somebody's life because that's going to require some real sacrifice and, and obedience. Serving God is not easy. It takes sacrifice. It takes deep, soul-searching decisions that, that says to you say to yourself, well, if I choose the Lord, that means I can't choose that. You can't have your cake and eat it too if you're going to follow God. And so God comes into Abraham's life and makes his, his life very complicated and challenging. He gives him the call. I thank God that God called me when I was 16 years old. That is an awesome moment in my life. It has marked me forever. But it complicated my life. It made me make decisions for my life that I was going to have to grow up, sit up straight, listen to God, get serious with God, obey God. You can't disobey God and have the anointing of God on your life. You can't be compromising, loving the world and loving God and having a strong anointing in your life. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. But however, if you press into God, God will show up big time. Glory to God. So he's complicating Abraham's life with the call of God. Boy, didn't God complicate your life, honey, when the Lord called you? Wow. He messed up everything. Even got your mom and dad mad at you. It took them years to to finally embrace the call of God in your life. And so God says, now, Abraham, I want you to follow me. I want you to leave Ur. I want you to follow me, leave your family. And in the midst of all of that heart rending, complicating decision making, God gives him the most amazing promise of God, of, of God. Wow. It isn't that the way God is? He's just, boy, he's just dissecting you and soul searching you and dealing with you and requiring of you. And then on the flip side, here comes the most amazing direction and promise from God. Wow. Hallelujah. He'll make it worth your journey. Glory to God. It's worth following the Lord. It's worth obeying God. It's worth saying yes to the will of God. He'll make it worth your journey. And he says, I am going to bless you. Nations will come out of you. I'm going to give you descendants. And by the way, at that time, they had no children. And he said, whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse them. God says, I've got your back. If they bless you, I'll bless them. If they curse you, I'm going to curse them. I've got your back. And there's the most ridiculous thing in my life. I don't know what this is, and I hope I just kind of share my little something, something with you. God's not going to take it away from me but God does this for me. He always lets me know he's got my back. I don't know what this is. This is the craziest thing. Anytime I start going off of an entrance ramp onto a major highway, you know how you get a little wigged out when you got to get, get women, especially we get a little wigged out with driving. We don't, I don't like to drive. I could never drive the rest of my life. My husband, if he was a wealthy man, I'd say, hire me a chauffeur. He can take me any, everywhere I want to go. I don't like to drive, but I kid you not. Almost every single time I start to descend onto a major interstate, I'm like, oh gosh, here I go. I got to get into this traffic. I can look down that lane that I've got to merge into, and there is not a car in sight. And it's like God just always says, I got your back. It's the craziest thing. Lord, don't take that from me since I shared that with them. He's always telling me, I got your back. So whoever blesses you, I'll bless them. Whoever curses you, I'll curse them. And so he tells Abraham, in the midst of all of this sacrifice and these soul-searching decisions, here's the most amazing promise I, I, that, you're, that, that, you have, that you've ever, ever heard from me so far. Okay, and in the midst of all this, here comes a famine. Isn't, isn't life crazy? You've got God speaking, then you got a famine on the other side. Then as he starts journeying with God, he en- enters into strife with Lot's herdsmen. So Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen, Lot went with him. And so their, their herds are multiplying because God is blessing Abram and all those with him. And those herdsmen start quarreling among each other. And because of all of this increase and the complexity that comes with increase, it brought strife. Is that not crazy or what? And so Lot leaves him. And so you can have the, you can be right smack dab in the will of God and people start losing their minds on you. And they leave you. But this is what is so amazing to me. If you ever read the account, after, it's right after Lot leaves Abraham, God speaks to Abraham And he gives him yet another promise. And I think this is just a little wink from heaven. Maybe we got to get certain people out of our life so we can hear God's voice. Who are you listening to? So our lives can be similar, just like Abraham's. I thought about my life. Wow. My life can be so much like, like Abraham's. I've heard the voice of God. I've heard God say, follow me. God has given me the most incredible promises in my life. I've gone through famine, financial famine, first seven years. We were so painfully, incredibly poor. I never dreamed in a million years I would be there. Help me, Jesus. I remember going, we were pregnant with our children. Don't you love how we say we? We? I threw you, I, 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 brought, I, I gave you a little something, something there this morning. We were, we were pregnant with our kids, did not have health, did not have insurance. I mean, I think one year the most money we brought in was at $7,000. Help us, Jesus. We hardly had food to eat. The Lord was always faithful. It wasn't always what I wanted, but I had food. And I can remember, we got pregnant with the kids, and the first pregnancy, I had to go to the welfare clinic in Dayton, Ohio, down in the, in the nasty side of Dayton. I didn't want to do it, didn't want to be there. I wasn't raised in this poverty. I wasn't raised in this kind of environment. And I went down there, sat down there in that room with those clinic, and lo and behold, we all had the same 2 o'clock appointment. There were about 60 of us girls. I'd ask, well, what time is your appointment? 2 o'clock. Well, what time is yours? It's 2 o'clock. And they herded us all in there like cattle. And, you know, this is, um, we honored life this morning in the video and if you go to a welfare clinic, guess what they ask you when they bring you into the examining room? I hated this question. And they'd ask, they would asked me the question again the second time when I, had my, when I was pregnant with my son. And they asked, do you want to abort this child or do you want to keep this child? I hated that question. I want to keep this child because I'm a Christian and there's life on the inside of me. And I would use that moment. But I I hated sitting there in the midst of all of that. It wasn't what I planned on. It wasn't supposed to work out that way. Oh, my goodness. Called of God, promises of God, financial famine in my life, trials, complexities, perplexed over things that were happening in my life. And then, yet, lo and behold, here would come the voice of God again into my life, giving me another promise. Wow. What do you do with all of these pieces? That's a a question. That's a legitimate question. God, what am I supposed to do with all of these pieces of my life? It demands an answer. We can try and ignore that question because of all the pieces of our life. We can try to ignore all the pieces of our life and stuff them away somewhere. Put them away in some back drawer. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to ask God about that. I'm not even interested in an answer. I don't even want to pray about that. We can just pretend like life is amazing and great. But life is not always amazing and great. Sometimes God is speaking and he is giving promises. But then sometimes there are things that just complicate and perplex our life. And it is a question that I believe demands an answer. God, what are you going to do with all the pieces in our lives? We've heard your voice. You've spoken promises to us. We go through trials. So many things that complicate our life. We hear your voice again. You give us promises again and again. So what are we supposed to do with these pieces? Are we just supposed to carry this load in our life? Carry this burden to where? Where am I carrying all these pieces to? What am I supposed to do with these pieces? And I love Psalm chapter 5. Referring again to the text that I read in the Passion Translation, this is what we do with the pieces of our life. I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar. God has an answer for us this morning. What do I do? Where do I take? Am I supposed to carry all these pieces in my soul? All these fragmented pieces of my life? Where do I take them? God says, bring them to the altar. And through our time of fasting and praying, God has just been resonating in me. Rhonda, build an altar. Build a new altar. Don't build yesterday's altar. Build a new altar today, now, right where you are. Bring your present pieces to the altar. God has an answer for all of our complexities. He has a place where they belong. God has a place where God, he wants us to, these pieces. And I've been doing it at home before God, building an altar at home by myself before God, building an altar in the presence of the Lord as we've been coming to church and having these prayer meetings. I'm building an altar before the Lord. I'm building an altar when I'm at church here this morning as I was worshiping God. God, see my altar. I am building an altar. It's new, God. I've never been here right now before. I am not living in my memories of yesterday. God, I'm alive right here, right now. And I am building an altar that you need. I need you to see this altar, God. There's something remarkable when we bring the pieces of our life before God. God starts doing something with those pieces and they start transforming into something besides a piece of my life. And it becomes a sacrifice on the altar. When you bring the pieces of your life and you lay them on the altar, there is a transformation in in heaven. Those pieces become sacrifices. We need to understand that. They become sacrifices in the eyes of God. If you give that to God, God says that's a sacrifice that's being given to me. I receive it as such. Have you ever done that? Have you ever brought the pieces of your life and laid them on the altar. I've got some the pieces of my life on this floor this morning. You know, there is something that I do in my life in my prayer time before God. I do this before the Lord on a regular basis. I have written down the pieces of my life on pieces of paper. And it may sound so simple and so silly. But there is something about laying down on a piece of paper, writing it down, and laying it before God, and saying, God, here it is. Here it is. And I just assembled some of the things that I lay before God. I lay my family before the Lord, and not only do I have a request for my family, but I've got their pictures. I, put, I bring their faces before God. I lay down, I said, Lord, here are the complexities of my life. I write down the things that are so complicated and that perplex me and that that bring pain into my soul. And I write them down. I don't carry them in my soul. I write them down for God to see. I think of Hagar, thou God seest me promises god has given me so many promises shame on you if god gives you a promise and you don't write it down shame on you those are the most precious moments in your life that you can have if god's going to give you a promise write it down and i've got promises from god and i have written them down and i hold them before the lord prophetic written words. God has given me prophetic words in my life, and I write those down, and I hold them before the Lord, and I say, God, bring it to pass. Lord, I am believing you. You spoke these prophetic words over my life, and I am still believing you, God. They will not be wasted on me, God. They will not be wasted. Don't take my prophetic promise and give it to somebody else, because I could have cared less. They will not be wasted, God. I've written them down. I'm showing them before you in prayer. Verses that God quickens to my heart as I read the word of God. Shame on you if you can just glaze over the word and nothing ever sticks and nothing lands. And a verse does not come out and burn you in your soul. Write those verses down that God gives you. Pray over those verses as you pray, as you walk between the pieces of your life and you pray over these things, suddenly the supplication and the intercession of the Holy Spirit will begin to arise as you minister in the presence of God. And as you speak these things in God's presence. Suddenly the things that God has spoken to you, he will begin to reaffirm and he will even give line upon line and precept upon precept. Suddenly greater revelation of that scripture will begin to emanate and expand and grow in your understanding. And therefore when you go back to that verse again, you can pray over it and pray over it and pray with greater revelation and understanding. Many times God wants to give us a verse and so he says, what are you going to do with it? I am not speaking my word to you just so you can fill your mind with information. As I talked to the ladies on Wednesday night, information is not transformation. Information is not transformation. What brings transformation is when you bring before God his word and he encounters you with it. That's transformation. I lay before God the very secrets of my heart. I'm sorry, honey. You're the closest person in my life. But there are things that I tell God that I know only God can understand. The word says his understanding is past finding out. God understands me. God understands me. And I cry before the Lord. I lay myself. You know what I do? I get down like this. And I tell God, here I am, God. I lay myself on the altar. I don't just put a piece of paper on the ground. I lay myself on the altar. I spread out before God. And I say, God, here I am. Speak to me. Encounter me. Deal with me. I need to hear from you, God. I need to know you, God. I need to know you like I've never known you before. In this time of fasting and praying, I just sense the Holy Spirit said, ask me to reveal myself to you in a way I never have before. I've been praying for revelation. Oh God, give me a revelation of Jesus Christ. Give me a greater revelation of who he is. As I lay myself before you, God, show yourself to me. Speak to me. Deal with me, God. Deal with me. May I have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to me. Deal with me, God. Take the blinders off my eyes. Unplug my ears, God. Deal with me. Divide asunder between my soul and spirit. What is going on on the inside of me that my soul always wants to get in way of what the Spirit of God is trying to work in my spirit? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. God... Deal with me. Show me what it is. And he will. I ask God for miracles. I've got two granddaughters in my life, and they need miracles. And I'm asking God for miracles in my family's life. And you know what else I lay before God? Satan's attacks. Do you remember the story of Hezekiah when he received a letter from an evil, an evil man. And that man said I'm coming to take you. And I'm going to destroy you. And I'm going to take everything you have. I've done it to others. And I can do it to you. And Hezekiah took that letter. That that evil man had sent him. And the word of God says. He spread that letter out. Before the presence of the Lord. And when the enemy attacks. You know what I do? I lay it in God's face. And I say Satan look at this. I'm going to tell God. I'm telling God, and when I I tell God, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, and I start praying over the devil's attacks, and God will speak to me, and he will give me wisdom and insight. He will even actually tell me things that are going to happen before they happen so that I can be on guard and waiting for the attack of the enemy. Oh, you better believe I lay the pieces of my life out before God. Have you ever done it? Why don't you try that during the Daniel fast? This is my life laying on the floor. This is my life. The pieces of my life. I I recommend that you do this. Don't just carry these things around in your soul. Write them down. Put them on a piece of paper and lay them out when you get on your face before God. Let the anointing and the intercession of the Holy Spirit began to take over. So what do we do after we lay the pieces of our life on the altar? Psalm chapter 5 verse 3 tells us what we need to do. Listen to this. I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall. Glory to God. I will wait for his fire to fall. I will wait For the Lord to come. We talk about they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We just think this waiting is this ethereal, angelic, delicate. Oh, he just wants to pat my cheek and make me feel better. I am waiting on the Lord until the fire falls. I am not waiting for some pat on the cheek and some good feeling. I am waiting on the Lord at my altar until the fire falls. What does the Lord do with those pieces? He takes those sacrifices and he does something with them. And I've often said, Lord, what are you going to do with me? What are you going to do with me? Because I'm not going away. I'm not gonna stop asking. I'm not gonna stop asking. I am not gonna stop believing. I am not gonna stop seeking your face. I am not gonna stop laying myself before you. I am not gonna stop waiting on you until you fulfill your prophetic word. I'm not gonna stop believing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. What are you gonna do with me, Lord? I want to remind us of something that occurred in Genesis chapter 15. was when God speaks to Abraham again. And in Genesis 15 in verse 9, God says this. He says to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer. A three-year-old female goat. A three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And I just want to make a little comment on the goat. Honey, you feel like the Lord spoke to us that the word of the Lord this year is new wine and new wineskins. And I found this out that... They, they, they prefer to use goat skins to make wine skins out of because the goat skin was more flexible. Listen, if God is going to make wine skins, new wine skins out of us, we're going to have to go to the altar. We can't skip the altar. And God says the most interesting thing. He says, I want you to take some of these sacrifices and I want you to cut them in two. And I want you to split them open, right down the middle. And that to me just speaks of being open and yielded. God deal with me, cut asunder between my soul and my spirit, put myself to death, put myself to death. And when Abram began to obey God, something happened. The sun went down and there was a great, great darkness. hallelujah and it says that God appeared as a burning torch the fire of God the fire of God fell and the fire of God began to walk among the pieces of these sacrifices and as God began to move and speak the word of God says that a horrible darkness fell But God began to speak to Abraham, and he gave him a prophetic word for his descendants. He told him that for 400 years the people would go into bondage, but that God would bring them out. He gave Abraham a word for the nation, and he gave Abraham a word for himself, but God began to walk between the pieces of the sacrifices. That's what God does. If we will bring him the pieces of our life, he will turn those pieces into sacrifices. And the torch of God, the fire of God, the burning presence of God will descend upon those pieces of our life. And God will speak. God has spoken to me. He has promised covenant with me. He has given me covenant promises for my family. He has renewed again and again his assignment over my life. He has promised that he's got my back, that he is a living God and he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. presence of God comes down among those pieces and I fall upon my face and worship God in his presence oh church we need the fire of God on our altars oh church we need the fire of God Lord oh Lord Lord you provide the fire and I'll provide the sacrifice you provide the Spirit, Lord. The and I will open up inside, God. Church, can we stand to our feet? You Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord. I will open up Let's just worship the Lord. Let's do business with God this morning, church. Now
1: provide sacrifice you provide the spirit
0: before you this morning oh God bring your fire into our life bring the burning torch of your presence into this church oh God we lay ourselves before you I pray God that we would be held accountable from the words that we have heard this morning that God you would mark us with this word that we cannot go back and be the people we used to be but there is something that demands a response in our lives to you And oh God, I pray that you will move in this place. That oh God, you will walk among us, oh God. That the burning presence of God will be our testimony and our portion. Oh God, burn off the flesh. Burn off ego. Burn off self-will. Burn off deception and manipulation and disobedience and rebellion. Oh, God, burn off the lusts of the flesh and the desire to just satisfy ourselves. Oh, God, may we burn for you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus. With your heads bowed, if you were here today and you realize, you know what? I need to return to Jesus. I am backslidden. I am far from God. I've no longer walk close to the Lord, but I need to come back to Jesus. My friend, if that is you, just raise your hand. Yes, praise the Lord. Just lift your hand up. If that is you, just lift up your hand. You need to come back to Jesus. You feel like God is dealing with you. Go ahead, Rhonda, just pray with her. Just pray with her. Pray with her. Thank you, Jesus. I salute pray with him right there hallelujah with your head still bowed if you're here today and maybe you're not a christian and you need to come to jesus you need to come to jesus he needs to be your savior you need to turn to god repent of your sins receive christ as your savior you want me to pray with you to receive christ as your savior if that is you raise your hand Raise your hand. I will take you to the Lord. Anybody in the house that would see that is me. I need to get saved. Just raise your hand. Oh, Lord, we love you today. We're so thankful for this great word, laying out the pieces of our life. I'm going to do that this next week. It's not something I I do like my wife does, but she challenged us during this last week uh, to write down the pieces of your life and lay it out before the Lord and lay yourself before God. That's what I'm going to do. And, And, oh, Lord, let your fire fall on us. Let your fire fall to burn up the chaff and to set a passion in our heart for you, to thwart the enemy, to found us in grace. Oh, Lord, hear us when we call upon your name in Jesus' name. Jesus' name.